Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Mark and Sarah. Talk about songs. Yes, it is. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the sweet 16 round of hashtag March Mastass. Uh, we made it. We're like halfway-ish, through-ish. Uh, I'm your <laughs> co-host, Sarah Bunting. And before I get into a little bit of housekeeping announcements, I'd like to introduce my fan dear first co-host, Mark Blankenship. Hi, Mark. Hello. Uh, hello. Um, so yeah, the matchups are not so sweet in the Sweet 16 because now we're really getting into some Sophie's choicing. But before we do that, let me uh, just run down a timeline. As you're listening to this, it's uh, Monday, March 18th or after. Um, the Sweet 16 polls will have opened as you're listening to this. And you can find those on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash podcast. They will remain open until Wednesday morning at around 10 a.m. I will also remind you that you can put your thumbs on the scale at our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash mastass, right? Yes, that's right. I've, <laughs> I've given um, so many URLs that I'm beginning to lose my mind. <laughs> and I just beginning. want to add, too, that if you are a patron at any level, you can vote in these polls. Um, sometimes most polls are only for patrons of the Dolly Parton level or higher, which will make sense when you go to our Patreon page. But for the March Masters tournament, patrons at any level can vote. So please do join us there. Yes, please do. Um, we would love to have you. And you get all sorts of other fun extras of a participatory nature um, on the Patreon uh, tip as well. So... Um, those polls will also close at uh, 10 a.m. on Wednesday morning, which is why I mentioned it. Then I think we're going to do a um, quick scramble to get the Elite Eight out the door uh, for Thursday or Friday. We're, we're getting this done. We are getting this done. Yes. Um, yes, we are. Week. Damn it. Because March is almost over and the madness continues. Yeah, and but it's also my birthday week, yay me, so there are some like little days off in there that we have to take so that I can um, take care of things like the hangover that I will have after my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so you can celebrate finally turning 21. Yes. Um, okay, so I guess we've stalled long enough and we must now face um, the ever-tightening competition in the bracket, uh, we are going to begin, uh, we're going to cover the whole round in this podcast today, and we're going to start uh, with the top left, as as one does. Uh, Mark will be guiding us through this discussion. Mark, take it away. Okay, so here we are in the Moody Broody bracket, which is down to a mere four contenders, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so our first matchup is the Smiths versus Eurythmics, which, oh my oh. God, <laughs> oh, what, what do we do? Already, it's the first matchup, and I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> so this uh, this means that the Smiths beat Yaz to get here, and that was actually the closest match of the entire round of 32. I they, Until the last second, I really thought Yaz had a chance. They really did, and um, Mark Schaffner wrote, I am Yazed. <laughs> that this one was so close. <laughs> and I said, yes, Lord, yes. 
Um, but uh, there were also some. I really think that the Smiths are. They could potentially go down here because there are some people on our comments threads who he, 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 hate the Smiths. Randy Perry noted. Whoever wins this match has, I think, a really good chance of taking down the winner of Smith's Yaz. Like Mark, I think Eurythmics could and frankly should make it to the final four. And he is definitely not the only one who feels that way because you've got people like, um, oh, shoot. Uh, I thought I had these quotes all perfectly arranged, y'all. Okay. Well, I while you're finding those, I will jump in and yes. say that in this round, I did vote for Yaz because of the... Um, I mean, they are neither recent nor revelations for most of you, but I had only just found out that um, Morrissey is the um, English Roseanne. Yeah. Some yeah. people did make the um, counterpoint that, you know, first of all, Johnny Marr is also in that band and he's not a jackass and he's still great. And he's a big part of what made the Smiths the Smiths. And we didn't know any of this in the 80s and blah, 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 blah. But I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think in a Smiths versus Eurythmics matchup, if it's like all of the losing um, bands music will be deleted from your pop, from your music app. Yes. I think I could live a little bit more easily with the loss of the Eurythmics. <gasps> I, I mean, if I can never hear um, back to the old house again, like there will be a day of mourning. Like, I just love that catalog. I don't, But I don't know. And I don't know how other people feel. And I will add, before you return to listener comments, that I was getting the sense from listener comments from earlier rounds that there are people who just don't like the Smiths and think they're Bogue. And that's fine. That's why we have the polls. Oh, I have some evidence to that coming up as well. All right. And as, as someone who didn't start listening to the Smiths until 2005, I just <laughs> never heard them at all, really. Like, honestly, never. Huh. I am the opposite of you on with regard to who I could let go from yeah. my oh, catalog. No, I, that's not a surprise to me at all. Now, I really, really like the Smiths. Do not get me wrong. I just don't have the decades of uh, associations with them that I do with Eurythmics. And if I were told I could never again hear the song When Tomorrow Comes, like you, I would have to put on a black lace mantilla and mm -hmm. and just scream, Flores, Flores. Yes, cover, cover the mirrors. Um, <laughs> yes. Put out so, the sun. So, yeah, I, I also didn't start listening to The Smiths until college, which was like 1991, which still is sort of the 80s in some ways. So I tend to not think of The Smiths as that 80s of a, band mm -hmm. i would say in 80s-ness the eurythmics are more 80s just for me i don't i don't think that's necessarily an accurate assessment well, anyway this is going to be a this is going to be way, a bare knuckle brawl is what yeah, this is going to be because either way we're talking about two exceptional bands it's not like me choosing the eurythmics over the smiths means that i don't like the smiths you know it's like it's a hard choice except not for rich friedman who during the vote up the vote between the Smiths and Yaz wrote Vince Clark and Alison Moyette are both incredible talents. She has one of the best and insufficiently appreciated voices of her generation. Neither is rage inducing like that bag of goat meat. Morrissey. <laughs> I really want Yaz to win. The um, fact that he called him a he called a vegan a bag of goat meat yeah. is perfect. Well played. A, politici um, a highly politicized uh, 
humorless vegan at that. Do you, ugh, yes, Meat is Murder is a terrible song and should be shot into the sun. Um, Do you want to talk here since um, Yaz and Depeche Mode were both defeated to lead us to this particular matchup to talk about comments from at certainly Ken on Twitter? Yes, because also Erasure is coming up and not coming up, if you will, later. <laughs> uh, at certainly Ken on Twitter made the really good point that Vince Clark, a member of Depeche Mode, Yaz, and Erasure got trounced three times in a single week. And that is a sadness. And I feel like if we were giving out awards, I would make a special MVP of the whole tournament award for Vince Clark because he's in three of the bands for God's sake. Yeah, that's true. Um, You might have to, you might have to, um, he does have some competition from various members of Duran Duran who were in Power Station, but not really because Power Station got killed in the first round. So. Yeah, I think the fact that Vince Clark is in three bands that made it to through one round, uh, yeah, just love for you, Vince Clark. And again, that's when the things are getting rough because I also love Yaz, and I voted for Yaz in every place that I could. And but, I know. will say, I think it's interesting that Yaz, of those three bands that he was in, which band would you have given the best chance to go oh. the furthest? It would not have been Yaz for me. I'm not talking about what you would have voted for, just like betting on who gets the furthest. I would have thought that Erasure would have gotten the furthest of his three bands. I would have gone to Pesh Mode. Well, we were all wrong. <laughs> yeah. We suck at this. Moving on. All right. So do you have a prediction for Smith's Eurythmics or you're just going to be sitting on that pole? Well, I have a few more quotes that I do need to read because they, okay. the, the, the listeners just really came through on on this matchup. Jen King writes, is it, is it just me or does the lead singer of the Smiths ever remind anyone of the male version of Shakira? To which Danica Michael Hodge, uh, Danica Michaels Hodge, in response to a recent episode that we wrote, responds, Jen, does he have a wolf in the closet too? And that made me happy. Uh, yes, if you'll excuse me, I need to go hurl a coffee maker out the yeah. window of my office. Yes. Uh, Brona Little wrote, I listened to Alice Moyette's ALF cassette, which was the name of her solo album debut, on my yellow sunny Walkman for all of 1985. The Smiths can suck it. But then Chris Martin came through and said, the Smiths pretty much created a genre of music just so distinctive. Yaz is part of that Depeche Mode erasure bullia base of beeps and boops. Oh, God, that was a great comment. <laughs> Booyabase. So, Gotta love it. Yes. So I'm going to predict... Oof, God, Sarah. I'm going to make a narrow prediction for Eurythmics to unseat the Smiths here. Um, I concur. Okay. Well, then that takes us to the next matchup, which is The Cure versus The Police. And uh, so many people are still angry that the Thompson twins beat Susie and the Banshees that they carried their anger forward into the Tom, <laughs> into the Thompson twins versus police matchup. And we're specifically voting against the Thompson twins on behalf of Susie and the Banshees. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically that poll can tell us nothing well, I think like that predictive can... about cure versus police. Cause I have no idea how that's going to go. Honestly. No, I, it's, they're just such completely different flavors, right? Do you, mm. want, do you want Rocky road or do you want tuna salad? It's just, it's very, very oh. hard to make a, <laughs> to make a distinction. 
<laughs> Which one is tuna salad? <laughs> Listen, I had tuna salad for lunch yesterday. I enjoy it. <laughs> Look, I love tuna salad. I'm just imagining uh, Robert Smith very dolorously ordering a tuna salad on blackest pumpernickel at the bodega. Please, no pickles. The mayonnaise stinks like my heart in the sun. <laughs> the sack of meat that you've left me to become. Oh, Jesus. And then one of his very dark hairs gets in the tuna salad and he just stares at it for like two and a half hours without moving while a single tear works its way down his face. <sighs> so Danica also wrote, for instance... Fitting because it's a crime that Susie didn't make it to this matchup. Voting for the police out of spite. Helen Tovey writes, still pissed about this about Susie losing. Voting for the police. Uh, and then Patrick Felton writes, I don't even know if this is true or not, but I, I don't even care. A friend of mine beat up Sting in the bathroom of a bar in Huntington, West Virginia, in 1979. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> I hope it's true. <laughs> I don't know which part. I don't know which part is like least believable, but then all taken together, it's like how f four negatives makes a positive. <laughs> it's like, okay. okay. I, I mean, there's absolutely no reason for any of that to have happened. Therefore, it must have. Yes. <laughs> Truth exactly. is stranger. At it's all. so strange that why not? Um, oh, I. Uh, um, so I feel like it's very difficult for me to know. Um, I, my guess, though. Okay, here's my guess. I think that people who like the Cure tend to like the Cure in a more emotional way, and that might carry the day. I think that more people feel like the Cure changed them uh, like john thomas writes growing up in the in central valley california the only music on the local radio was either country or classic rock my junior year in high school a buddy of mine bought the cures head on the door and songs like close to me in between days and a night like this really broke my brain i will forever love the cure for opening up my musical world and so i feel like People feel that way about the cure perhaps more than they do about the police but honestly sarah we've been wrong about so much of this i don't know well, I mean, you really like it really is um, apples and <laughs> depressed tuna salad um, <laughs> in this matchup. But the thing is, like, I would probably like if you're talking about like desert island music, I'm taking the police. But is the cure absolutely the epitome of this entire um, region? Yes. Um, yes. And of this and also, I think they're much more, I think they're sort of much closer to, like, the core of this Brackets brand, for lack of a better word, than the police are. Like, are the police a Hall of Fame band? Like, literally, yes, they are. Is The Cure better suited to this? To this? Yes, it is. But I think you have enough people on both sides who are either like the cure, I don't care, or the police, they don't belong here, that I have no idea how it's going to go. Yeah. I think the police win by like 58 to 42. Mm. But I think a lot of things. 
Yeah, I, I, I really <laughs> that are not correct. If I am if I'm pressed to make a call, I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna say that the Elite Eight is gonna include Eurythmics and The Cure. I accept okay. that I might be wrong on both counts. Okay. So now let's move on to. Oh God. Oh God. No. Oh. <laughs> the florid and fabulous division, where I oh, just God. I just don't know. I hate this. Let's stop doing it and quit the podcast. <laughs> I just don't know. Like I would almost do. quit doing this podcast in order to prevent this matchup, these matchups from proceeding, because this is really, like, literally, my heart is well, breaking. And, and even from the last round of this poll, Cat Hazard said, "I am upset." All caps about Wham versus Erasure. Brad Seely, the polls this round are going to be the death of me. Um, I can't choose. The bands are so important to me. I'm going to need a Xanax and some time to think. <laughs> Gregory Seda, something this tragic should trigger an automatic Brexit vote. Uh, <laughs> Heather Moss made a good point. Oh, she said, Greg. it's like sixth grade Heather is at war with ninth grade Heather. Mm. Ninth grade Heather. And uh, I think uh, a couple of people used that as, a, as an argument that a lot of the matchups in the round of 32 in this division represented people's sixth grade tastes and their ninth grade tastes. And how do you choose which one you love more when you're so far away from both grades? Um, the, the very first matchup, uh, Sarah, I, it's Duran Duran versus culture club. I mean, what, look, what, how look, we deal. I am going to vote for Duran Duran, but I am not going to be all that happy about it. It's just a, reflex (laughs) i mean look culture club boy george he has a like i think he is a better singer i think they are better musicians i cannot be on a desert island without save a prayer and that's i mean but this is fucking brutal this is fucking brutal and i absolutely have no kick with anyone going the going the opposite way as far as a prediction, I have no goddamn idea, but I think it might be Culture Club. What so, do you think? It might not surprise you. Once again, when we get down to this level, you and I keep choosing opposite from one another because I would choose the Culture Club. I just can't imagine. Like I said, we got to quit the podcast. It's been, a, it's been a great three years. Bye, guys. <laughs> March 2019. Right on the tombstone pizza that we're going to have to eat entirely I, sitting to drown out the agony of this choice. I mean, also, I've been institutionalized, as you know, if you've been following the at TalkSongs Twitter account. So it's probably time to wrap yeah. this shit up. But we'll, we'll get, get to, to that when we talk about the right answer. Yes. Um, so Adrian Cupper writes, when I was about seven and my sister was about five in the crazy early 80s, my family went to some sort of open air market. And I remember my parents buying us culture club pins for our jackets, which is the most 80s sentence ever written. I remember thinking how funny it was that my seemingly straight laced parents did that. And we certainly turned some heads in our fairly right wing town as we proudly displayed the pins. Culture Club always makes me think about how I am forever grateful my parents not only supported, but also encouraged our love of things that were not the norm. Oh, thanks. Um, But then you have someone like Marty Warner who writes, we made a music video to the reflex when I was in day camp. Also the most 80s thing I've ever read. (laughs) That is just the phrase day camp. You know, yeah, like I can I can smell the sunscreen anyway. Um, she also points out that she in that same summer starred in a music video of Heart of 
rock and roll. So that sounds about right. Oh my God. Yes. 80s. Um, I'm right back there with my um, barrettes that were woven with um, ribbon and had beads hanging down. So when I was in high school in the mall, we made music videos to Walk Like an Egyptian and Born to be Wild. And I remember being very convinced that the mall watchers did not give us the appropriate level of applause. That like, might be the most Mark thing that's ever been said. <laughs> like, you know, it's you, up cannot, there. you cannot cast your diamonds before people shopping at Hamilton Place Mall, apparently. <laughs> uh, Michael Dunn writes, I have to point out that I prefer New Order, which is who Duran Duran beat to get here. But from an 80s perspective, you can't discount how huge D squared was. Thank you, mm. Mike Dunn, for calling them D squared. The first kings of MTV, if you ask me, their videos were game changing. And then, oh my God, yes. There was a fantastic conversation among Nora Landon, Kelly McGee, Tarn Allen, Amy Grover, Ann Wise, you and me, about how old you have to be to be a Durani in your heart. And, uh, like, do you need to have been in high school in 84? Or can you, like, at what point in your life do you can you come to Duran Duran and be passionate about them? And it's. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like we settled that question. Do no, you? I really don't think that we did because I honestly got to. I mean, I was aware of Duran Duran in the early '80s when I was a young kid. I because Hungry Like the Wolf, etc., were everywhere. But it was actually the wedding album with Come Undone and Ordinary World that made me fall for that band and then go back and like them. And when I was in, when I was a kid of the same age in the early '80s. The Culture Club really, really spoke to me. I would obsessively wait for their videos. I remember that my parents, my dad, would not allow me to buy a Culture Club poster. Um, and that my dad and some other people in my family made some uh, unfortunately homophobic jokes about the Culture Club. And so at the time, that band was just a real beacon for me as a young at the moment, unarticulated gay boy. And that is why I think I have to vote for them is because the the Culture Club, and Duran Duran were both like wickedly queer friendly. I know Duran mm, Duran is still straight people, but the culture club was just a way out. And it actually is remarkable to me, even still that they were as popular as they were at that time, because I'm not sure that a band has been that flamboyantly gay while topping the charts ever since in America. Yeah. And just didn't give a shit as far as like the gender fuck aspect of boy george he was just like what yeah like i'm not even fronting here it is do you really want to hurt me i don't give a fuck yeah go ahead and try i will cut you from inside my absolutely gigantic fedora um i <laughs> will also say though that like giving a slight edge to duran duran for me is that I think they were absolutely queer friendly mm -hmm. and were not, were like very secure about themselves and did not care that people were like, he's wearing eyeliner. What does that mean? And Simon Le Bon's like, ask my dick what it means. <laughs> but I really wanted to ask Simon Le Bon's dick a bunch of things. <laughs> Respect to Culture Club. It was not the, um, it was not giving me feelings of the underpants variety. <laughs> Well, you know, Andrew, as I know I've mentioned many times, was really into that Duran Duran poster on his wall. <laughs> and then he would go out and mow the lawn and listen to the listen Smiths. To the I Smiths. Mean, again, same journey. <laughs> so that brings us to the last matchup, um, also oh. painful, <laughs> which is 
Wham, who beat Erasure, which was a hard matchup for me as well. Oh. It's now Wham versus Pet Shop Boys. I don't uh, like this. I don't like it. It's unpleasant. So Frown. Frowns all around. Mark Neufang, or Neufang, I guess, if we're in Germany. Mark, I'm yes. sorry I don't know how you pronounce your last name. Um said of the last round, this one was easy, wham, of course. But then I realized the painful reality that it's going to be wham against Pet Shop Boys, and that one is going to be really tough for me. And I feel you, player. That's all I can say. <laughs> I mean, I t- like, who are you going to vote for? Because I uh, think we might be on opposite sides, but then I've just realized that I'm not sure I can live without West End Girls. So here's the thing. I, this is a part where like my heart immediately says, wham, 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 yes. wham. But if I take a step back, I think, okay, Mark, you're voting for wham. You're not voting for George Michael, right? So the faith album is really not on the table here. But so it if, can be, we would tell uh, listeners like if that's what you're bringing to the table. I told not to people make this that more they, difficult for you. I told people that if they wanted to consider the crying game, that they must follow their heart when thinking about culture. Y- yes, club. you did. So see, wham. Oh, well, okay. So, uh, Diana, um, Poveremo, our listener wrote an, uh, a comment that changed my life in so many ways <laughs> when she said, um, Poveromo, sorry. Diana Poveromo wrote, this is the easiest matchup on the left side for me. As MB put it perfectly with the description that I will now forever use to describe them, the joy bomb of Wham. Some days I just listen to everything she wants and repeat because some days just call for it. Side note, I am not a Facebook user and am infiltrating my mom's account just to take part <laughs> in this glorious event. <laughs> God bless you, Diana. Um, I know I've mentioned this in past um like discussions of wham matchups but that george michael documentary like i seriously think about it all the time and feel sad that he's gone and honored that he was with us i will also note that immediately after we finish recording this i am going to get on a plane go to Andrew Ridgely's home and stand over him until he finishes writing the memoir that he just announced yes. that he is writing because that needs to be in my eye holes fucking yesterday. You know, Sarah, you bringing up that documentary kind of seals the deal emotionally because I think the Pet Shop Boys are brilliant, but they make me intellectually respond and George Michael and Wham make me respond with a more heart-oriented uh, reaction. Um, and well, all right, I'll just be over here with the underpants related reaction again. Let's bring it, let's bring it down to the lowest common denominator. I would still lick George Michael all over in both the like frosted tips, wham iteration and the super skin tight jeans, faith iteration and every other iteration because he was hot and he was also like, um, sad, bad boy type. Yes. And well, I was not his type at all, but maybe I could just sit next to him and hold his hand. He looks well, like he smelled good. So by the time that we got to 87, 88, um, and especially by the time that we got to early 90s George Michael, I was fully aware of who I needed to be making out with, and it was George <laughs> Michael. Yes. And possibly, not for nothing, that model with the beautiful razor blunt bob 
in the father figure video. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so here's the thing. Hey, Andrew Ridgely, get back to work. <laughs> We're waiting. Um, here's the thing. I also, however, do love the Pet Shop Boys, and I frankly think that they're going down to Wham. So that's why I wanted to bring in a clip of It's a Sin by Pet Shop Boys. This was a top 10 hit for them in America and other countries. And it is a great song about everyone being so hypocritical and telling you that everything that you love is sinful, even though they get to do what they want. And so let's listen to a clip of It's a Sin. So see, this At is at school. They taught me how to be. Yep. I see you. This really is such a gorgeous anthem, and also so eighties. Like I, this is the other thing with this matchup. Like, can you really decide between the two of them, which one is more very like eighties and very British? I can't. No, and my dad owned the Pet Shop Boys LP that West End Girls was on. So your dad is a complicated man. He has many sides and many layers. <laughs> <laughs> but like like a pop music onion. Yeah, exactly. So he, again, Sarah, do we agree that Wham is taking this? I no, I'm not sure that oh. I can commit to that. I think it's going to be extremely close and I think there is going to be like literal rending of garments and weeping which i think is appropriate for this battle of two great champions this is the only match on the left side of the bracket that i feel comfortable calling for uh, for the um for sure i think wham is definitely winning we'll see i mean i hope you're right i guess i guess we'll see um all right well talking about it won't (laughs) won't make it so so i guess we should move on to the right hand side yes of the bracket. Um, yes, it's getting down to the um, toxadoed nitty-gritty of Sophistication Station. Um, we will begin with the Tears for Fears versus Fine Young Cannibals matchup. Um, it appears that the Lettuce Field Child comparisons <laughs> <laughs> killed Simply Red. Um Maybe. Uh, It could just be that Fine Young Cannibals was great. Um, John Thomas on our Facebook page uh, said he was voting for uh, Fine Young Cannibals, but, quote, also in my mind for the English Beat, which was the band that two of the cannibals came from. That is a fair point. Uh, I don't know if they're going to beat Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears trounced Naked Eyes, but I think that's maybe more on Naked Eyes' one-hit wondery than because people adore Tears for Fears that much. But 
On the other other hand, they may have been more dominant in the 80s in an 80s way mm. than Fine Young Cannibals. I associate Fine Young Cannibals very much with um, high school, like late high school. So I don't know. Um, I think uh, it also just Laura helps. Andrew- oh, so go ahead. I also just think it helps that Tears for Fears had hits at the beginning and the end of the 80s. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, our listener, Laura Anderson, walked down the aisle to head over heels, so I am hard-pressed to see how she is not voting for them. Everybody Wants to Rule the World was... Uh, I was thinking about this the other day because it came up on iTunes Shuffle, and I was like, this song has never gone away, and I never wanted it to. Right. Like, this was an omnipresent song whose omnipresence that I didn't mind and that never ceased. So... I think that the Fine Young Cannibals have their adherence, and I also like them a lot. But if if it's the Desert Island question, I'm taking Tears for Fears, and I think that's going to be a f- um, not clo- not all that close. It's not going to be a ass kicking. I don't think it's going to be that close. Yeah, I don't see Tears for Fears losing this. Honestly, mm. I really don't. No, I don't either. All right, moving along to the ultimate sophisticate in uh, Sophistication Station, Sade is pitted against Squeeze. Well, look, um, Squeeze, I think, is maybe like gathering steam yes. in this competition. Um, I have a clip. Uh, this is from a song called Annie Get Your Gun. I never paid any attention to this song until the 90s. Um, It is from the 80s. It's uh, from 82. It's the last single they released before that time that they broke up. Whatever. Squeeze drama. Uh, My roommate Estelle was obsessed with it. Hey, girl. And thank God because it is the shit. And here is a clip. They just have a very like out of time sound. That's great guitar. Uh, I love his voice. Um, Mike Dunn is psyched that Squeeze is touring this summer. Uh, so am I now. And P.S. Hey, Mike, this would be an excellent entry for shows of note. Please revive it. Thank you. Uh, he also loves that Squeeze is performing this well so far. Quote, Up the Junction might be my favorite non-REM song of the 80s. That's um, that's fighting words. Uh, from Mike. However, they are up against Sade. That is not a tough pick for me. I am a little surprised Spandau Ballet didn't do better than they did, but some of our listeners seem to feel that Sade is boring. Gavin M. compared her to, quote, a Whitney Houston 45, played at 33 and a third. I never would have come to that, but now that it's been said, I can't unagree with it. So well said. Uh, 
But they, I think Squeeze was not as much with radio play, and that's definitely a band that I didn't come to until later, until later in, not in my life, like I knew about them in the 80s, but like it, the last half of 89 is when I learned about them. So I, I don't know. I think Squeeze pulls it out, though. Because I think they're, I think they're like peaking at the right time, as as we say, when we're caring about the original basketball bracket, they're peaking at the right time. So I don't know, Mark, thoughts? So Squeeze is not a band I knew until this month, uh, <laughs> and it is a band that I have found myself listening to quite regularly since we started this tournament. At first, because I was just so interested by how well they were doing and how much passion they seemed to generate. And now because their music is good and I just want to hear it again. And I feel like squeeze is a band. I will continue to listen to after this tournament is over and am sorry that I didn't know about them until 2019. And if they, if they carry on to the elite eight, I won't have any problem with that. And honestly, I feel like they could take this whole division. Yeah, I think they could. And I never would have predicted that, but you were right to see them number two. So I doff my cap to you, fair madam. Well, and I'm so glad that you're getting into them because they, they do seem like they're up your alley. I mean, up I, know your junction, that, I, I know that this is um, hardly news, but Black Coffee in Bed is a really good song. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That, it really is. That's just the thing that I now know. Okay, well, here we are um, at the Rock This Island division, in which I think we are still seeing quite a bit of voting against bands, and I don't care about either of these, hold your nose and close your eyes and throw a dart at the board nonsense. Um, Our initial matchup is U2 versus Madness, which I am sort of, I mean, I know I seated them like number five, but I'm still a little surprised. That they're that they're going this far. Uh, we must have gotten a big Euro vote in this round because they really beat UB40 rather handily. Um, why? Well, Christopher Bryant's theory is this, quote, UB40 don't have a song called Michael Caine, so Madness have to win this. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, U2 beat Katrina and the Waves, which is not a huge surprise, but they didn't exactly kill Katrina and the Waves in the right. way that you would expect. Um, I think that U2 can take this round, but I'm not sure that they will. I'm not sure that they should. I am voting Madness. I think some of you all might also just to like have Madness get through and have like, you know... Some fun, unexpected ska come out of this division. Um, but I don't I don't know. Perhaps the pride of Australia will proceed to the Elite Eight. <laughs> Just kidding. U2 is not from Australia. Thanks but for listening. But they're also not from England, which other which people continue to point out. And yes, yes that is true. I, yes. I feel like we acknowledge our, that that is the case. Our politically suspect decision to put you two into this tournament in the first place may also work against them now that we're this deep. <laughs> uh, I mean, I suspect that they would recuse themselves from consideration on that basis. So it all works out. Um, folks, do what you have to do. I think this is a close one, and I am not totally sure how it goes, but I think Madness has a shot. 
I do too. More of a shot than I ever would have predicted. All right. Wrapping up with Rock This Island. Um, Genesis, probably the most despised 65% winner in March Mastest to date. Uh, Jessica Sheehan asks, did Genesis ever do a song called In a Genesis? No. Immediate disqualification. Um, that is referring to the fact that they beat Big Country, which I guess was not a surprise, but it was really funny. Like, I feel like the comments were 65% shitting on Genesis, and then they got 65% of the vote. Do you recall offhand, Mark, what the splits looked like on Patreon? I didn't check. It was pretty... On Genesis especially, it was pretty similar. In fact, uh, Patreon voters hewed fairly closely to all of the ratios that we saw in the Facebook voting. And that means somebody out there voted for Genesis with a full heart. And I am one of those people. I I am not going to get over here and tell you that I'm mad about so many of these songs. And in fact, uh, as those of you who follow us on Twitter might know, Sarah and I recently descended into the madness of, for some reason, rewriting all Genesis songs to be about and performed by farm animals. Bacab. I'm still not ashamed of that one. I know I should be. I'll fire myself. It's fine. I would like to note that many of our regular correspondents weighed in. Um, in the previous round on these bands, Danica says Genesis has some great songs, but the great annoying ratio is like one to nine. Um, I was just listening to Follow You, Follow Me today and really enjoying it and remembering like having this tape in my, you know, yellow sport Walkman on some family vacation and just like this was the only tape that like didn't melt or break somehow on this trip to western florida so i just listened to it a lot and i was like i don't think this song is very good and i think this goes right into mark schaffner's note that genesis of the 80s is the lowest common denominator and their songs still pollute every easy listening elevator venue parenthesis also perfect for the drugstore (laughs) (laughs) um but i don't mind I don't, that's fine. And uh, good old Pavaramo said, uh, she's one of the few Genesis fans who was in the comments, and she was like, it's just a shame, that's all. (laughs) 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 That That they're getting hated on. Like, I completely get it, and I'm not saying that my taste is necessarily good in this department, um, but here's the thing, um, they're, they were an 80s staple, and someone also noted they played the the give video game smartly in the 80s. Like who, like when you think of the top five videos of all time or the most memorable videos, you maybe got some Duran Duran in there, and actually perhaps Peter Gabriel's video for Big Time Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer, that's right. And um, Michael Jackson, obviously, unfortunately, even though he's completely canceled forever, but uh. I like Genesis and the um, Land of Confusion video yeah. is in the discussion, if not the most memorable. That like I refer to that when I'm look when I'm talking about bad plastic surgery and bad cheek implants all the time, all the time. <laughs> it is the gold standard of bad cheek implant comparisons. So I think that they deserve to be here, and I think they're going to get beat by Def Leppard. 
and I am voting for Def Leppard. I'm going to pour some sugar into the gas tank of this vote, and uh, I think Genesis is going to lose. And I have a little story from Lisa Klish on Facebook who says, about 10 years ago, my husband was overseas in Latvia. When I visited him in Riga, we went to a Riga Dynamo hockey game. I sat in a Latvian hockey rink drinking Latvian beer and listened to Latvian cheers when they had a break in the action. The song they played, Pour Some Sugar on Me. (laughs) To honor this story, I took a little photograph of it. Um, Took a little screenshot and put it in my notes. Uh, Photograph is absolutely a great song. It's just a banger. Uh, I like... I see you, Genesis. I honor your contributions to those of you who stuck up for Phil Collins and, um, you know, his like Disney treacle being written for his daughter and shit like that. Like, I I get it. And I think Phil Collins is a great guy. He's the founding member of the Girls Bike Club, <laughs> if anyone remembers that. But I just I think they're done. If we get a final matchup in this division that is madness versus Def leopard that's pretty awesome that is absolutely great and um <laughs> proof that this uh exercise was worth undertaking i feel um how are you gonna how are you gonna vote on this one <sighs> i think i gotta vote genesis <laughs> really yeah okay i just honestly it all comes down to how much i love the song that's all yeah and I can't discount In the Air Tonight, despite it being a Phil Collins solo jam. And I also love yeah. the song Invisible Touch. I love the song Invisible Touch. And uh, what was the um, what was the solo jam that was nominated, I think, for an Oscar? We've talked about this. Oh, with... take a look at me now. Oh, my God. I mean, that is some damp cheese cake that was left out in the rain i don't care it makes you cry every time i know we're not supposed to count it i don't care shit did i just talk myself out of voting for Jeff Leopard? <laughs> You're like, take a look I'm, at me now shit. i'm weeping and eating cheesecake what happened to that? I, I know i'm standing outside like found a rainstorm and went to stand in it to eat cheesecake or bangers and mash i don't know what i'm gonna be eating why do i have this t-shirt on that has phil collins's face on it i didn't even know i had this I did actually have a um, Phil Collins concert t-shirt from 1991. <laughs> As Adam Grossworth posted in GIF form in this thread, Hedwig saying, we've been oh. talking to Phil Collins's people, but then again, well, haven't we all? <laughs> well, I know that's right. Um, well, regardless of your vote, do you think Genesis wins or do you think Def Leppard wins? I think Def Leppard takes it. And I'm not upset about it. Really, like, none of these 16 bands that are still in this tournament are bands that I'm mad at. You too, I'm mad at a little bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not really mad at them, though. But not really. Because, like, yeah, yeah, like, I feel like we're getting to the end of having to justify being mad about slash including you too. Like, I th- I think we're close to the end of that. So yes. <laughs> I'm all right with it. Um listeners whether or not you've commented slash rented your garments on our facebook page or on twitter uh we'd love to either hear from you or keep hearing from you uh your comments and tales 
of music related joy and hilarity are really bringing us life in this process. Yeah, and like we have a listener named Abdullah who wrote this wonderful story about the first time he heard a Eurythmic song on a plane. We had a listener named Olivia who wrote this incredible song about her 90s. Uh, she had 80s hair despite being a 90s child. I just, people are telling us <laughs> such interesting stories and I love it. And you guys, your contributions to this are making it so much fun. And really, this is why we do this podcast generally, period, is to sort of tap into these collective narratives that we all have around pop music and how important it is, but also how like fun and silly it is to <laughs> make up B- budget cabbage patch kids yes which coming soon to a store near you oh god all right folks um get to voting that's facebook.com slash podcast and we'll be back in your ear holes in a few days with the elite eight this is mark and sarah talk about sauce, sauce. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.